the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children come Welcome to Children's Bible Journey with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up, but let's get today's program started by singing praises to our awesome God. Do not wait until some deed of greatness you may do. Do not wait to shed your light afar. To the many duties ever near you now be true. Brighten the corner where you are. Brighten the corner where Jesus Brighten the corner where you are. Someone far from harbor you may guide across the bar. Brighten the corner where you are. Brighten the corner where you are. Brighten the corner where you are. Someone far from harbor you may guide across the bar. Brighten the corner where you are. So let the sun shine in. Face it with a grin. Smilers never lose. Frowners never win. So let the sun shine in. Face it with a grin. Open up your heart and let the sun shine in. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Every day I'll let my little light shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm gonna let it shine. Every day I'll let my little light shine, shine, shine. Right in the corner where you are. Right in the corner where you are. Someone far from harbor, you may guide across the bar. Right in the corner where you Keep my 
God's Word says, Greater love is no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. God loves us so much that he gave us his very life. He gave us his son Jesus, the greatest gift he could possibly give us. That's how much he loves you and me. Thank you. 
singing is such a great way to praise the Lord. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in living sound. Mary, may I... May I see you alone? As soon as I feed the baby. Or is it important enough to delay that? Uh, feed the baby Jesus first. The baby is fed. Sit down, Mary. Jesus is six weeks old now. We, well, we have very faithfully fulfilled every law and ritual applicable to Israelite babies. Yes. Do you, as his mother, see any difference, any appreciable difference between Jesus and any other six-week-old baby? No, unless it is that he is perfect physically. Not a blemish on him anywhere. Has anyone, anyone, except perhaps the shepherds, recognized or acknowledged that Jesus is the Messiah? No. Are you beginning to doubt, Joseph? Well, I'd hardly say that I doubt. It's just that I, well, I can't help but wonder a little. What you are saying is that you... you don't understand why our priests and leaders do not recognize in Jesus... The fulfillment of prophecies pointing to the Messiah. Is that it? Do you? No. I suppose I'd have to say that I don't understand it. Jesus is the Son of God. I have to believe that. Yet he was born in a stable among the beasts of the field. He was sent through the home of a poor family, the poorest of the poor. Why was the Son of God subjected to all these lowly, unglorious conditions? He, the Son of God, having to grow up in such an environment. These things I just don't understand. Now it is time to take the baby Jesus to Jerusalem, to be presented to the Lord, and offer sacrifice, as all Israelites must do with firstborn male babies. You are worried about something, Joseph? Yes, very much so. When we take Jesus to Jerusalem, what should we do about him? Do about him? Should we present him to the temple priests as the Messiah, or just as another ordinary baby? Mm, the priests wouldn't believe us, even if we did tell them the truth about Jesus. He is God's son. And if God wishes Israel to recognize the baby Jesus as the Messiah, God will bring it about in his own good way. I am sure we should say nothing about Jesus being the long-looked-for Messiah. There lived in Jerusalem a kindly, lovable old man named Simeon. Now Simeon had diligently, prayerfully studied the Scripture and believed that the time for the Messiah to come had arrived. In fact, the Spirit of the Lord had revealed unto the devout Simeon that he would see the promised Messiah. Well, I, I think, my dear, that I shall stroll over to the temple. It's about that time of day, you know, when firstborn male children are dedicated unto the Lord. You are still looking for the Messiah? And hmm? I shall find and see him before I die. But, Simeon, how do you expect to recognize him when you do see him? Ah, when I see him, I shall know, for the Lord will reveal him to me. I shall be back as soon as the last firstborn child has been dedicated. 
Also in Jerusalem lived a very aged widow named Anna, who, like Simeon, had studied the scripture and knew that the coming of the Messiah was at hand. She, too, went daily to the temple to pray and to watch the dedication of the firstborn. Anna and Simeon took their usual watching place out of the way of the dedication ceremonies, yet close enough to see clearly. Uh, that family, the next in line, <laughs> they are poor. And th their offering consists of only two turtle doves. Uh, and the, the babe they hold, he could be the promised Messiah. Uh, the mother, her attitude, her expression, she radiates glory and inspiration. Uh, she's... She's handing the babe to the priest. Why, he is the promised savior, the king of glory. That priest, he holds the son of God before the altar just as he would hold an, an ordinary child. Little does he realize the babe he holds is the one greater than Moses, that he is the son of God. He's handing the child back to his mother. I must see him closer, hold him in my arms and present him to God. Pardon me, your babe. May I hold him? Surely you may. Here. Blessed be thou, O God, and this thy son, Lord God of Israel. Now let me, thy servant, die in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of the people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people, Israel. What does he mean, to lighten the Gentiles? As for thee, thou mother of the Savior, blessed be thou and thy husband, Behold, this thy child is set for the falling of and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yes, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. O Israel, give thanks unto the Lord. For this day is the plan of redemption revealed among us. I shall go out into the streets and by places of Jerusalem and tell the people of this child, make known to them that their salvation is come. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Again. Blessed be thou, thou mother of the Savior. Favored art thou above all women of earth. I, I too must hasten forth and herald the coming of the greatest event this whole world has ever known. Can you explain to me, Joseph? Do you have any idea what they meant? The shepherd said that Jesus would be a blessing to all the world. And now that nice old man said that Jesus would be a light to lighten the Gentiles. Well, uh, perhaps it's just that we, we... we don't understand the full meaning of his mission to this world. Surely he shall be king of Israel. Occupy the throne of David. Oh, yes. 
We can be sure of that. But his true mission could be more far-reaching than merely an earthly king. Oh, I don't know, Joseph. I know only that my son is a sweet baby, that he is the son of God and shall be a blessing to Israel. Beyond that, I... I don't know. Only time will tell. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. nice of your dad to offer to drive me home. No problem. As a matter of fact, now I can ask you a question about something that's been bugging me. Okay. Remember what the preacher at church said about praying last week? You mean about how we should pray without ceasing? Yeah, without ceasing. What's that mean? Well, ceasing means stopping, so I guess he's saying we should never stop praying. That's what I thought, but that's impossible. I mean, Look at my dad. He's driving a car. If he closed his eyes and started praying without ceasing, we'd be in big trouble. And how about pilots and airplanes or doctors right in the middle of a big operation? You don't see them always praying. Oh, Carlos, you don't stop what you're doing, kneel down and close your eyes to pray. You can just think a prayer while you're doing other stuff. Think a prayer? Yeah, like let's say you're riding a bicycle and you look around and it's a really beautiful day. If you closed your eyes to pray, you'd probably run into a cow or something. So you just think, hey God, nice day, love the flowers. Or if I'm taking a test at school, for instance, a history test. Like the one we had today? Yeah, I can just think, hello God, I thought I was ready for this test, but my brain is on vacation. So if you could just help me remember the answer to number 37, I'd really appreciate it. That's the idea. Praying without ceasing means being able to pray anytime, anywhere. And by the way, the answer was Napoleon. Napoleon! The Spanish guy. French. I think I need to pray more. Jesus wants to be our friend. He's interested in everything we do and longs to be included in our lives. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with him. 
This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Boys and girls, this is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 6 More Clues. Chris nudged Maria. Did you see that guy going into the yurt next door? Yeah, sort of. Why? answered Maria. It's John Perkins, said Chris. You mean the guy at the lighthouse? Maria whispered. Chris nodded his head. Maria started climbing out of the car. Wow, he's been right next door and we didn't even know it. Let's go talk to him. Right now? asked Chris, closing the car door. What'll we say? We'll ask him if he's heard of Charles Perkins, Maria decided, and find out what he's doing here. Maybe we can find out if he knows anything about the graveyard. And then you could... Maria, interrupted Chris, that sounds too nosy. So? Maria asked. We've got to ask questions to solve this mystery. He doesn't have to answer them if he doesn't want to. Chris frowned but nodded. I could thank him again for helping me in the lighthouse yesterday, but I don't know about just barging over there. He might not want to be bothered. We don't have to worry about that now, Maria said. Here he comes out of his yurt. It looks like he's going to cook his dinner. Let's go. Chris and Maria walked across the small dirt path that separated their yurt from John Perkins's. As they neared the picnic table, John looked up. Hey, it's my lighthouse buddy. How are you doing, Chris? Better than the last time you saw me, Chris said with a grin. This is my sister, Maria. Maria, this is John Perkins, my friend from the lighthouse. Hi, John, Maria said. Thanks for rescuing my brother from another of his crazy stunts. Another? Does your brother need rescuing often? He asked with a twinkle in his eye. Too often, Maria answered, rolling her eyes. He doesn't trust what mom and dad say, or other grown-ups. He thinks he has to prove that they're right or wrong. Sounds like my great-grandfather Charles, said John. Charles Perkins, Chris asked. Why, yes, John answered, surprised. What do you know about him? Not much, but we'd like to know more, said Maria. Maria and I were exploring yesterday, said Chris. We found this old graveyard. It's full of weeds and stuff, except for... Except for Charles Perkins's grave, interrupted Maria. Someone's been cleaning it. Is it you? John Perkins smiled. I've been caught. I'm the one. But why? And why are you so far from home? And what are you doing here? Maria's questions tumbled out of her mouth like blocks out of a bucket. Maria, Chris hissed, don't be so snoopy. John laughed. It's okay. I'm glad to have someone else interested in my quest. Quest, Chris asked. John nodded. Yes, my quest to solve the mystery of my great-grandfather. Maria's eyes got big. See, Chris, I told you there was a mystery. Hush, Maria, let him talk, Chris said. John laughed again. Well, let me start at the beginning. I was working on my family genealogy for a college class. A genealogy is information about who your relatives were, where they lived, and what they did. My family was interesting, but what really got my attention was my great-grandfather. I'd hear a little about him growing up, but I learned a lot more as I did my research. I guess he must have been quite a handful, full of mischief, and often rather foolish." He also didn't like trusting his parents or their advice, but then one day something happened that caused a big change in the way he acted. I heard or read lots of rumors, but no one could tell me what had really happened. Most anyone who knew him wasn't alive anymore. I was getting information that had been passed down. I was curious. People didn't change like that for no reason at all. So I asked a few more questions, 
talked to some more people, and that brought me here. So that explains it, exclaimed Maria. Yep, John answered. During my summer break from school, I decided I was going to see what I could find out. So did Charles Perkins live around here, Chris asked. He did for a while, John answered. His father was the lighthouse keeper. They lived in a house that was across from the lighthouse. There used to be a house there, Maria asked. What happened to it? When the lighthouse became automated and didn't need a keeper, the house was left empty, John said. Eventually, it burned to the ground. All that's left is the stone foundation, now mostly covered with sand and beach grass. You might find a few stray bricks left from the fireplace, though most of them have been hauled off. But the lighthouse has lasted all these years because it's made out of stone and cement, Chris guessed. You're right, said John, but the lighthouse has changed some. I have pictures of what it used to look like, and that's where my search has led me. To the lighthouse? What do you mean? Chris asked. Just before I left home, I came across some stuff that had been my great-grandfather's, John continued, letters he'd written and several diaries he'd kept. In one of his diaries, he had started writing about some secret at the lighthouse or something. Part of it didn't make any sense. It was like something was missing, or he'd forgotten to write it down. A secret at the lighthouse? exclaimed Chris. How exciting! It would be even more exciting if I could solve the mystery, said John, but so far I've found nothing. I'm running out of time. I've got to head back home at the end of this week. He paused as he dumped a can of soup into a pan. And then there's that strange epitaph. Epitaph, Chris questioned. What's that? The words that are carved on my great-grandfather's gravestone. When safely placed upon the shore, my life was changed forevermore. He wanted that on his gravestone. But what does it mean? The story you've heard today is a chapter of the Shoebox Kids, Book 12, Mystery of the Abandoned Lighthouse, written by Suzanne Grant-Purdue and Grant-Purdue, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.